Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Andrew. Hey! Goldberg! I bet if that talk was a cheese burger, you stop it! No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. Black! 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 It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. Because you care. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hello, everyone. That's Kevin. Hey, yo. Welcome to the Quack Attack Podcast, the definitive Mighty Ducks podcast. We are back with another instant analysis episode. But before we go into that, um, huge rise with Ken Token. So let's, let's just get into that. Uh, right now, December 2016, Kevin purchases roughly $300 worth of Kin Token. Uh, it goes all the way down to like a dollar and 19 cents. And now on a, on a meteoric rise, Kevin, do you have uh, the latest update for us? Well, so I've been sending you two a couple updates uh, the last week or two. Um, it's kind of on a bit of a roller coaster right now. It did get up to like 230 almost. Uh, but it's back down to like 137. But still, mm. we're still uh, we're still looking good, you know. <laughs> still looking good. Uh, so why right. do we think this is um, rebounded? Not like super well, since you're still like down 170 dollars. But why do we think it's up over 100 dollars after being in like single digits for the better part of like two years? Uh, I think it's just kind of the crypto like. Uh, a rising tide lifts all ships kind of situation. Uh, just kind of most of the coins typically track similarly with Bitcoin and, and Ethereum. So that probably has most to do with it. Again, sounds like a sound investment for Kevin Cullen. <laughs> no. yeah, we're looking good with half of his money uh, still lost. Uh, so we, we've, like, we've talked before Better about like... all of it lost. <laughs> what's the the point of you cashing in or do you cash in part of it when it gets to like ten thousand dollars what's the what when when do you when like, do you sell yeah when do you like sell how high does it have to get i don't know i mean if it got to like ten thousand dollars i think it'd be tough not to but i think it'd be tough not to if it got to like one thousand dollars yeah well i mean it's kind of a sunk cost at this point if that's just like <laughs> bonus money so yeah well right. we'll, we'll keep feel- tracking it yeah, I feel like we've gotten three hundred dollars worth of entertainment out of it. So, uh, good good investment, Kevin. <laughs> Tommy disagrees, but three hundred dollars is a lot of money, and I could buy a lot of different things to keep me entertained. All right, let's uh, not waste any more time. We got another episode to break down. Episode three, entitled "Breakaway," a lot of uh, a lot of different meanings to it. Uh, I thought so. Let's just start with our opening statements. Let's uh, let's start with Kevin. Kevin, did you take your typical notes today? I did. I, I took a lot of notes today. Um, I I thought the I thought the episode was a little chunky, a little slow. Um, it was uh, I I don't know, not my favorite, but um, I thought it ended very strong. Um, 
the the hockey scenes were really good um <laughs> but yeah i just thought overall it was a little just kind of choppy and just not the most entertaining episode um but there were some solid moments in it um yeah i think that's probably my sums up my experience watching it yeah i'll uh i'll i agree with it i don't think it was as good as episode two for me um I thought episode two did a good job of, of like building on episode one. And then episode three here was kind of like its own standalone with the, there was a lot of arcs that were resolved in the end with Coco Chad and uh, whatnot. So uh, I agree a little chunky, a little, not as good as episode two, um, but there were, there were a couple of good moments I thought, uh, especially with Gordon Bombay there uh, drawing up the play. And then obviously at the end uh, sort of, giving his life story which i thought was interesting which we'll get into later but uh tommy you're just opening thoughts here so i i agree i think the first part i was kind of like this is a little slow especially introducing the whole coco chad and like winnie and nick thing it's like okay where are they going with this you know you gotta fill out an episode so i understand but I would argue that the last 10 minutes were probably some of the best of the series so far mm. you have the hockey and then you have Bombay revealing what happened a couple of like you know um retconning things in there um, which we'll get into later um but him mentioning Jan and like saying he you know gave a kid money for recruiting um you know you, you could have just given him the tape for his uh his hockey stick there Bombay instead of giving him the money to buy tape which I'm sure he was I thought that was a little tape. light also yeah yeah but I, I think that revelation really made up for what I think was a really slow beginning. And in my notes, I underlined one thing, mm. and that is Trevor is a dick. And <laughs> Trevor was like the kid who comes in during like the pizza date right. and like like hits Evan's book down. And also, I, I don't want to criticize uh, acting from a kid. But I think he could have done a little bit better in that scene. <laughs> like, if you're gonna be a dick, lean into it. Like, where where was our McGill? You know, mm. if, I, this, uh, if he's the antagonist, where where is our McGill moment? I I in that same vein, Tommy, I have written down duck douche exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> wow. These notes are a delight here. I, I'm glad we're all taking notes now. I feel like we're a better podcast with our preparation now. Uh, it's probably the most preparation we've all done. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think let's go. Let's sort of go in chronological order with the episode. Um, so you have uh, Winnie. Winnie comes back after being absent, really, in episode two. Uh, sets up the whole Coco Chad thing with Nick. Uh, and... I don't know. Nick obviously learns a life lesson here from Bombay, kind of. Uh, but just how do we feel about that whole arc? I, th I thought it was funny, and I, I I thought it played into his character really well, just because he is kind of like that. You know, he he is like the listener, also, He's the um, and he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that was. I thought it was like a, a probably unnecessary, but I thought it was like a kind of a charming little arc, and it did like let us. It, it let us in on Bombay a little bit more. So I, I thought that was like a, a nice way to do that. Give him a little bit more, like allow him to, you know, come out of his shell a bit more. Um, so that was a good vehicle to do that. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It was kind of weird. The, the, the Coco Chad 
hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Coco Chad also wasn't, um, you know, Winnie, you could do better. Um, and she realized that with Mustard uh, Tim at the end. Was it Tim or Jim? I can't yeah. write my own handwriting. Mustard Tim. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the beginning of it, um, one thing I liked is, you know, we, we heard from Steve Burrell that there's going to be like one kiss somewhere in the, the season. And so I think there's now like three possibilities. Mm. It's like the obvious one is like between, you know, Lauren Graham and Emilio Estevez, but we predicted that wouldn't be it. Another one is maybe between like Evan and Sophie, right. but you add Nick to the fold and maybe Nick gets a kiss like on the cheek from Winnie at the end of it. Or maybe he like kisses like the popular girl or something like that. So mm. I think that would like be something that. to, um, to, to follow. Um, and another thing I, I wrote down here was um, Nick mentions the the word game changer. And so you can do your yes. little like, oh, you know, they said yeah. it, you know, with yep. um, with Sophie played by Sway Batia, you know, finally, um, you know, we all anticipated that she would join the team in some capacity. Um, but the fact that they like teased to her injury earlier, I was like, how are they going to do this? Is she going to get hurt in the Ducks game? Or is she going to join before the Ducks game? And so I was very interested. I was not actually expecting her to play against the don't bothers i thought she would have joined before or gotten hurt um and she obviously like destroyed the don't bothers yeah yeah uh just real quick to wrap up the winnie arc and whatnot yeah i thought it was sort of out of place it just sort of came out of nowhere based on the first two episodes but uh as kevin mentioned uh, a good vehicle for nick to sort of uh expand his character and go more in depth uh but yeah we can go into sophie here i thought it was a good, obviously we all saw this coming, but I thought it was a good uh, tactic to take. Like she didn't join the team right away. She wasn't just like, yeah, I'm doing it. And then even when she does say, yeah, I'm doing it, they sort of leave off with, now I have to tell my parents, which uh, I thought it was a, a more realistic approach than just being like, oh, this girl on the best team, who is obviously a star, uh, scores like 10 goals against the Dope Bothers. Uh, is just going to play for the worst team. So I thought uh, adding the conflict in there uh, to make it a little harder for her to join this team uh, was a good strategy, but um, a little romance aspect on Evan and Sophie. Uh, how do we feel about that? And do we think that's going anywhere? So can we talk a little bit about the, uh, the, the waitress, the server who's like, oh, is this your first date? She's like, yeah. what the f- they just mind your own business and why are you trying to like you know embarrass these kids you know unless you like happen to already know them or something like that i thought that was uh that was poor etiquette by by the server um but i mean you did it to get the the reaction out of both of them but there's there's clearly some there's going to be some kind of romantic arc between them it seems yeah if i think the smart money is on the kiss for them but i do like the wild card of nick getting a kiss from like the popular girl or something or or maybe the nerdy chick on the team or something you know um yeah uh i thought that i, I don't know I, I thought that was kind of funny the the way to then they're like you know classic typical kids like playing like they're like no no of course not this isn't a date we don't like it you know like that kind of thing i thought that, i mean it's a pride and fruit trope so um I liked that. I, I do have in my notes, uh, like, man, Evan is laying it on thick with like the the guilt and like um, trying to get her to join the team. Uh, also, in that entire like montage where they're trying to convince her to join the team, I liked the uh, 
um, the nice product placement for Skinny Pop that was like blatantly obvious. <laughs> yeah. um, I liked that. I also have written down Sophie is a lame nerd. Um, <laughs> and she got a B on yeah. that quiz. She needs to study harder. Yeah. Well, she, uh, I mean, she blamed Evan for it. Like, if, she's only getting a, if she's only getting a B on like a quiz that she did actually do some studying for, she's either not grasping the material or there's something else going on here. I, I also have written down Sophie's mom sucks, which is true. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, I liked, I liked that scene though, the, the restaurant scene. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I was not expecting a, a romantic element uh, from Evan and Sophie at all. Maybe I'm just dumb, uh, but I was not expecting that to happen. So uh, it was an interesting sort of revelation there um, to me. It certainly seems like Nick is really the key here. He puts all the plans in motion. He has the ideas, the charm offensive. Uh, I enjoyed that whole little scene there. I liked there. Money Puck also. Money Puck. Yeah. Um, I, I did like how they brought it around because I was like, that's uh, that's kind of dumb. Like, you play on the worst team and you score a bunch of goals. I don't think that's better than playing on the best team and scoring uh, a similar amount of goals, but slightly less. And uh, I thought it was funny when Sophie's mom was like, that's ridiculous after she explained everything. Uh, I thought that was a good way to bring it up. But um, uh, I do also have written down Logan continues to be my spirit animal with the with the bit about the hair where he like offers yeah. to give her like product advice. So one one scene about Logan when they um like they dump like the, the water on, on Lauren Graham at the end. Uh, it looked like all the reactions were pretty genuine. Like Logan's like real laughter and Lauren Graham's like that's really cold and so I wonder like if that's all like if that was like how scripted that was and if they were kind of in the moment there it's a, a nice little scene but again uh you know Lauren Graham's character is, is very similar I think to uh Lorelai Gilmore except now she's a, a hockey parent which I think is probably one of the the main critiques we've seen on, on Twitter it's just like yes you're you're playing the character that we know you can play yeah, she's uh, she's got like the single mom role down pat for sure. Um, anything else on Sophie here? I think uh, there's a good joke about like college and, and Evan's like, we're 12. I don't know. Yeah, that, that was that. good. I thought that was a really nice line. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I, I enjoyed the arc. Um, her scoring like 10 goals kind of went against the whole idea that, hey, if you play on the don't bother, she'll score more goals. Uh, which was a little she seemed iffy. really motivated to beat the shit out of Evan. <laughs> That's true. Yes. I, uh, so I thought during the hockey scene, I thought either Evan was going to lay Sophie out or, oh, I, or yeah. vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, but then I also have written down when Evan gets laid out, his teammates totally just bailed on him. Like <laughs> nobody came to his defense. Nobody came to help them up. Nothing. Late, uh, so like totally while. late after the whistle, game's over, and like yeah. they kind of acknowledge that. I was like, "Oh yeah, five minute majors." It's like, like okay, you're... his teammates are over there celebrating while he's getting destroyed. <laughs> yeah, and so at least the uh, the official was like made the right call, although they'd probably get like kicked out of the fucking game at I, that level. I did like his line too, where he's he's like, "The game's over," and he's like, "Oh well, remind me." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, funny. remind me next game. Uh, yeah, that was good. Um, the hockey, as we mentioned, kind of a, a good hockey scene there. It's nice to know that just random interference is still a thing in the Mighty Ducks. It was very much a uh, a trope in the first three movies, and it happened multiple times here, especially with Sam on the play. 
Um, yeah, how did we I, feel about whole? Oh, go ahead, Kevin. I, well, I was just gonna say, uh, and again, I, I thought the hockey was great. I thought that scene was like really dramatic and and really cool. They did a really good job. Um, I do. I did write down seven times. Come on, Coob. <laughs> uh, so that he continues to disappoint. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought the hockey was really good and, and the music was really good. It was filmed in a really cool way. Um, uh, I, maybe the best hockey scene in, in the entire franchise, uh, just from a pure like technical standpoint, it seems. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a really cool scene and I, I thought they did it. I thought it was like just long enough to kind of like get the point across and, and uh, I just thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the sort of at the end of that play when Evan does the spin move around and then puts the top corner, I thought that was uh, really well done. Just how did we feel about Bombay? Uh, Obviously watching them in practice, drawing up the play and how that all came about. I I also have written down, there's no way Bombay actually wrote anything. (laughs) That's like, I mean, they couldn't even like make it look like he's literally like, he's just like, yeah, he's just scribbling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The play I thought was obviously there's a lot of interference with Sam. He takes out two ducks for uh, no reason. Well, I guess there's a reason, but uh, not legal, but uh, overall semi-realistic play. Uh, you think about like Tammy doing the spins and three in uh, D one and knuckle puck like how did this compare to our other sort of trick plays the alley-oop and d2 and things like that so i was thinking about like when Coob has the puck you gotta think the the ref has probably noticed that and then he just blows his whistles okay you're, you've hold, held the puck for three seconds we got a face off you know but it was good it reminded me of uh the annexation of puerto rico and the little giants mm. or the fumble risky love love the little giants trick play written down <laughs> <laughs> The, the ref is saying, you know, come on, move it, move it. I I do think it was a little long. He probably would have been impatient with Coob. But yeah, I thought it was a, a better play than some of the others where it's just completely like unrealistic. Uh, you, even like the flying V and stuff like that. I think this could have worked other than Sam grabbing onto like Coob's stick and sliding across and taking out two ducks. I think that was the weak part, but uh Everything else, uh, well done. Um, I, I, one, I guess, one critique of of it. Uh, I did, I did enjoy it. I thought it was a fun, like, homage. Plus, it did feel very like Little Giants esque. Um, it, I, and maybe they like literally couldn't do this, but it felt like it was too in slow motion. Like it mm. could have been better if it wasn't the entire scene was in slow motion. Um, like I get like Evan at the end doing that, but like it felt like the entire thing was just like flowed to a crawl. Um, so I, I feel like it could have been better, but again, maybe that it's just like literally wasn't possible for them to do it in like full speed. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Uh, so that yeah, then they they score the goal. Sophie quits the team. Well, says she's playing with adult bothers, but then at the end was revealed to tell her parents. So real quick, Adam, I thought there was a good line, I guess, was it Evan who said like, you, you know, we're the good guys, you either win at the end or you learn a good lesson. And mm-hmm. they didn't win the game, but like um, Sophie learned a lesson. So oh. there, there's some there's some good, you know, callbacks and like a nice approach. It's very deliberate line. So I appreciate that. And, you know, I think a lot more thoughts going into it than you might experience in other kind of underdog kids movies or kids shows. 
I, I really liked uh, Coach T calling them pheasants. <laughs> that was a good line. Uh, that was really funny. And, and then, Mike, how did you feel about him being, like, back on here in five minutes, no pucks? Uh, I mean, it's it's happened to us before. Uh, not after a 17-1 to win, but uh, it's definitely something that happens, especially, uh, you know, if like, most ice times you have a certain, like, an hour and a half or whatever. Uh, so if you end the game a little early, usually it's after you get your butt kicked. Uh, we've definitely done that where we got off the ice and we're told to go back on. So uh, a nice there realist- might have been a, a running clock maybe in that third period, and that's why they had the extra time. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect uh, explanation for it. So, yeah, I thought uh, I thought that all made sense the way, you know, Coach T is uh, when it all costs. Why do we give up a goal to this terrible team? Uh, well done. Yeah, I don't know if Sophie would have actually, you know, uh, like stepped up in front of the entire team and then immediately grabbed her bag and went to the don't bothers who were still celebrating on the ice. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a, a good sort of realistic scene for the hockey and the, the interaction there. So then we go. I did like Alex's speech at the end where she's like, well, maybe the lesson is, you know, we have the strength inside ourselves. And then Sophie comes and she's like, oh, thank God. We need all the help we can get. Uh, that one made me laugh out loud. Uh, yeah. And then we obviously have the end with Bombay and his explanation and uh you know alex is reading that article which was in the trailer we broke down how bombay was out at saint paul state just what do we feel about bombay's whole explanation of how he got there uh, and that whole deal so one thing i want to make sure i heard it right he said like he made it to the pros and he quote unquote played one shift right and it's just like okay are they retconning because in the in d2 in the beginning He's like, oh, Bombay, he's like one step away from like, you know, the NHL. It's like, okay, well, are they now saying that he made it to the NHL and played one shift? Or are they saying that maybe he only had like one shift in like, you know, AHL or the highest level of minor league hockey? I don't, I don't, I don't really understand what they're, what they were getting at with that little, like that one shift line. Yeah. So he made it to the, he said he made it to the pros, played one shift. He said he did it at age 34. Um, so I believe in D2, they were talking about him being 29 years old. Um, yeah, so, so like after D3, did he actually go and like play pro? Is that what they're saying? I think that's what they're saying. They're saying like five to six years later, he continued his hockey career, made it to the NHL, took one shift, uh, blew out his knee and lost four teeth. And that was it for him. Um, and then he went to coach the team. The, the interesting thing for me was like he, he said, you know, I went to coach St. Paul State or the, like one of the great ho- college hockey programs and like built a power. But the article says he left in six months. So maybe it was just one. Uh, he just like recruited really well that one year. And then they were like, hey, yes, to go. Well, we know but, how he cheated with recruiting. And it's funny how they were talking about like, yeah, I, I, I didn't follow the rules. I was like, oh, here it's go. Like all of his like getting you know all these players illegally essentially his entire career you know grabbing Russ Tyler like literally off the street and then you know getting Tammy and Duncan Tommy and Tammy without any kind of parental consent to join I was like oh they're like a nice little way back at that it's just like no it's about no he's a he's a good guy he gave someone he recruited some money for some tape for his hockey stick it was a little bit like eh, but I wonder if they kind of had to soften it a bit yeah, I, I don't. I didn't really get that. It it felt like it needed to be heavier. Um, 
because it was like a very heavy moment and and then you're like what he bought tape for a kid like what he gave him money Um, like gave him money to buy tape (laughs) tape, tape's like nine hundred dollars so that's how much he gave him um yeah i uh i did think that scene was really good and it was nice that we got the yawn uh shout out uh or, or we got that like backstory uh and how we got the ice palace uh, like i i i think we all kind of sensed it was going to be something like that that was coming um but i'm confirming glad that, that yawn like, is dead as well you know yeah. yeah um so i liked that uh yeah i have cheater bombay written down <laughs> um i i did think uh whenever he takes the no hockey sign down i thought there was going to be something on the flip side of it Oh, um, like some kind of like ducks something or other, but um, I was kind of disappointed that didn't happen. Uh, one um, thing about that sign is it's clear that that has always been there, because like the like the nice resin on the wall is like <laughs> was nowhere near that like sign. Like he, when they were redoing the walls, he did not even want to take it down for that. Make it clear yeah. to the to the painters renovating. This sign stays. Don't even think about painting under it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the uh, good point there, and, and good point about Bombay. Yeah, I think it would have been more effective if he like actually had cheated, because that's like sort of been his mo. And then, then mm. it, if they brought it back, it, like thirty years later, where he still is sort of learning the same lessons, um, and that's why he left. I think it would have been heavier. But uh, to Kevin's point, I did really like the scene. Um, I liked, you know, this was in the trailer or the teaser or whatever but when alex is like you have us and it comes around like i thought that was a pretty heavy moment and i enjoyed that so i got a little misty yeah yeah i got a little goosebumps came um the ice palace yeah it was interesting so it certainly seems like jan uh after hans's death uh sort of started expanding out of the sports shop bought his own ice rink uh, for the ice palace i wonder how much we'll get i don't think we'll get much uh in terms of the the backstory there but maybe we can get some people on and uh figure out what happened with jan in the later years after d3 but uh, anything else uh, that you guys want to bring up here before we go to our episode awards uh, uh, uh go ahead tony i was gonna say uh you know steve brill snuck in the thing about the islanders about the kid who couldn't like make it went pro with the islanders and we know that steve brill is an islanders fan he snuck that into uh this movie heavyweights mm-hmm. uh where aaron schwartz you know guys know him as carp is wearing an islanders t-shirt um so that was a, a nice little thing that i wrote down uh, an easter egg for uh for all the quackalites out there yeah um just a, a few notes that i wanted to touch on i thought that uh when he's like you're going to go in there and give her those dumpster flowers. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. um, also, shout out to Nick and uh, Winnie for also, like me, l- loving banana bread but hating bananas. Um, and uh, th- this episode didn't have as many like laugh out loud moments, but I did laugh out loud um, whenever uh, Coco Chad came over with the flowers and he's like, hello chad or whatever and he's like you know me and he goes i know your product <laughs> that yeah. was really good uh, i thought that was pretty funny i liked their little like how nick is like trying to bow up to chad i thought that was funny i i guess along those lines um just thinking now mustard tim you know if he were to like also expand into ketchup he could probably double his like profit um <laughs> so i i, I can foresee a, a a podcast here 
in the future uh, talking about how mustard and cocoa are slang for different types of drugs and oh. running it through the ice palace. And that's how it's really making money. Similar to how we thought that the Hansa skate shop was a, a drug emporium back in the day. So for the quackalites who are wondering when we're going to get our um, crackpot theories in, you know, stay tuned. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Bombay obviously could have learned from the best here. So mustard, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll need to break down his business model if he's just delivering mustard and not any other condiments. Great point there. Uh, I did, I did laugh when mustard Tim looked exactly like an older Nick. I was not expecting that. Yes. Um, Yeah. I was expecting some like brownie, you know, hunk looking guy, but it it was nice. He looks like, like an older Nick, like you said. I'm curious to see if they like keep him in the show. So he's like, and him and Nick become like friendly. Um, I think that could be a funny like dynamic. Yeah. I'd It'll like be... to see, uh, I'd also like to see more of, um, I'm sorry, the character's name is forgetting me, but the, uh, the podcast assistant, the dad, the accountant, mm-hmm. yes. I think he can probably get some good one-liners in there. Um, yeah. They haven't really delivered yet, but maybe they should have made him some kind of like raging alcoholic instead. <laughs> I I enjoy Terry. Terry is the name. I, one of my notes is Terry is still a delight. Uh, so he <laughs> he gets, comes in with the one line each episode. I hope that continues. Um, it will be interesting to see what they do with Winnie. Like this could be it for her. Like they she could just sort of be in the background, or maybe she still has more uh, plot left in her. But uh, let's move on to our uh high point our low point and our mvps uh let's high point um who wants to start it off tommy do you have a high point for us i think high point was um bombay's kind of peeling back the curtain at the end i think uh that really made me excited for the next episode um and you're learning more about him and it's um it's good substance it's not just like him being super like enigmatic so that was the high point for me kevin uh i i, I like that uh i think i'm gonna say the the hockey the hockey was really good I, um i think that's kind of the high point for me just because we i mean we've talked about this a lot where it's, it was like pretty bad sometimes in the past um and it was it just seemed really good like really high quality so i think that's the high point for me nice uh i'll semi agree with tommy i thought alex's speech near the end there where like you have us and all that and and that really uh like i said before it really hit me i thought it was a a really well delivered and uh you could see bombay uh come through there so uh interested to see bombay in this next episode for sure um so let's go to the low point here uh kevin do you have a low point for us um Let's see. The low point for me would probably just be, I don't know, Sophie just being kind of, I don't know, complaining about the bee and stuff. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the the Winnie and Coco Chad thing too. I don't, yeah. But I did like some things that came out of that. So yeah, I'll go with Sophie just being a lame nerd. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for me... Uh, you pointed it out. I think the like Coco Chad thing, uh, especially at the beginning when uh, I was like, where's this going? Uh, I think it started out, the episode just started rough for me uh, with Coco Chad and that whole arc. Uh, so, wait, wait, hang on. I want to change mine. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to go with Coob, like continues to give zero effort. <laughs> zero oh, effort. Cool. 
no effort yes. when they're trying to recruit Sophie either. He just yes. walks up and says, yes. So that was funny, though. Yeah. No, you know what? I like that whole yes thing and like, oh, that was Coop trying to be charming. I, he, I, I'm kind of turning the corner on Coop. I, I used to not like him, but uh, I thought it was kind of funny when he was just like, yes, and walked away. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's him trying to be charming. So uh, <laughs> the low point again, Coop in the net for Kevin. Tommy, what is your low point? Uh, Trevor being a dick. Um, I just thought it was, uh, it could have been a little bit better, but it seemed like, okay, you come in here with your $50 bill and then three minutes or not even three minutes, more like 30 seconds, your, your mom, who's like, you can see the apple does not fall far from the tree, like coming in there. It's uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of Trevor at all. And so I guess it was nice that he was the, the ducks goalie, but he had that line about uh, a good line actually about no one wants to be the worst in the team now that you're gone. And then Evan, you know, claps back at him at the end so it did come full circle but again trevor being that dick i was like i was just cringing at that and but i suppose at the end nice redemption with evan you know kind of dunking on him there yeah uh, bonus bonus uh low point uh is tommy saying that he doesn't want to bash a kid actor and then continuing to bash a kid (laughs) you know sometimes you got to i just think that uh maybe he uh he should have been pushed a little bit harder probably by his mother um mm. the character not his real mother um oh, the, uh, okay. the character uh that's being played so maybe he's just putting on a tough facade maybe we'll find out in a couple episodes that he's trying to look tough in front in front of sophie and that's it but him bullying evan wasn't a good look um because evan said some line like oh hey yeah isn't this you know fun just meeting here and he pulls up a chair i was like oh did she invite him over too and maybe there's mm. he, there's gonna be like a love triangle thing going on but no it turns out trevor is just a, a massive douche like kevin said all right mvp um i'm gonna go with nick actually i feel like he pushes along two sort of plots side plots in the story he pushes along the coco chad thing he pushes along the sophie recruiting with money puck and the charm offensive and everything and he had some good one-liners uh as he always does so I'll, i'll give it to nick again but uh tommy your mvp of the episode MVP to Nick, but I want to give a, a strong honorable mention to uh, our boy LaRue for uh, acting so well when he's on the ice and saying that it's tickled because that that play doesn't work without uh, without him there. And, and so yeah. you, and you don't get um, Sophie on the on the don't bothers without his fantastic job of pretending to have the puck right under him. Uh I like I like both of those. Um, I, I did really like Nick in this episode as always. He's he just continues to crush. Um, I'm going to go with Bombay, though, um, mm-hmm. because he starts to peel back the curtain. He draws up the, the winning or the goal, the, That's the a good first point. goal, um, not the winning goal. Um, but uh, I think uh, I, I had this written down, too. You can tell they're like slowly ramping up his screen, his screen time. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I thought he was kind of the, the, the driving force behind this. And, and you got to see a lot of like his emotion. Um, and you got to like, I don't know, feel some of like the, of his past, like coming back up. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'll go with Bombay as my MVP. All right. I, uh, that's a good point. I, yeah, obviously the first episode, the pilot, he had a lot of screen time. And then the second one, he didn't really have much at all. And now, as Kevin said, you, he's sort of, uh, slowly inching up, but I'm, I'm assuming he'll have something big here in episode four as they, as he started to, starts to coach the team with Alex here. So I guess the vote's 2-1 for uh, Nick. So Nick has two out of the first three MVPs. 
uh, congratulations to him. Evan has won for us, thequacktech.com. Go there, contact us at quacktechpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash quacktechpod. Go to iTunes, give us five stars, tell us who your MVP is. And thank you to our producers. We've, we've been uh, slowly increasing our producer list. So thank you to everybody who's been donating and helping us out. Our executive producers, Elsie Barnett, Brian Burke, Alex Shabara, Josh Licht, Bobby LaMare, Rabbi Lex Rothenberg, Aaron Davis, and Ed Semia. Our regular producers, Deborah Chen, Jeremiah Bershey, Adam Ferry, Joyce Ng, Jared Beasley, Lisa Wilbeck, Anthony Geoffrey, Jeff Fantas, Matt Holtwick, Stevie Yanks, and J.D. Youngblood. Thank you to you guys. You guys are the reason we keep going, the reason we keep getting guests. If you haven't listened to our episode from yesterday with Karsten Norgard, highly recommended. Go back and listen to that. And uh, we'll be back next week with an episode for Instant Analysis. And remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Black flag. Ain't no turning back. Not to be the man it's a quick